What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Good evening and welcome to a special late night bucking edition of the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me as always is my good friend, Jim Stam. How you doing, brother? Doing good, man. I want to give people some advice tonight. Pirates are on late. Caffeine will keep you up. Alcohol <laughs> will put you to sleep. So caffeine, at least somewhere in the midst of all I'm- that. I'm I'm ready, Jim. <laughs> I've got coffee to start. See, I've got beer to finish. That, that's okay. how I plan to finish right. the show. You're, so you're you're no rookie. No, I'm set. I know what I'm doing. I've covered a West Coast game or two in my time doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's good stuff, man. I'll tell you what. Um, it always upsets the wife. She definitely hates that I have to be up to like one in the morning tonight oh. to watch something that she knows is just going to frustrate me. So. Cr- Chris has already said she's she's going to be asleep at like 10. So I, I'll be riding. Ben may stay up for a little bit, but he loses his he loses his attention span. So it'll just be me. Well, dude, if you catch her in that phase where she's like drifting in and out of consciousness and like ready to go to bed, but needs to be told to go to bed. Yeah, you you might be able to convince her you're watching The Walking Dead if Juwan Bay is running the bases. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, and we do get to see him tonight. We do get to see him tonight. We do, my For man. better or worse. I, For better or worse. We have some poll questions we're going to get into tonight. We're, in general, just going to have fun. Keep popping questions into live chat. Like, subscribe, do all that jazz for us, if you would. Super happy to be here on our old home, man. Like, Fridays at 8. We used to be on yeah, here at the live chat all the time. We got an OG member in the chat right now, Dave White. Super cool. So... The first thing I wanted to touch on was yesterday. The reason that we're actually doing today, today, um, I was at the Miracle League yesterday, which is really cool uh, in Southwestern PA. And uh, man, if you haven't had a chance to do it, it's super cool. Whatever your preconceived notions are, throw them in the garbage, sign up. It takes two hours, two, three hours of your life. And what you get out of it is very rewarding. It really is super great to see. Um, you work with people that want nothing more than to just feel like they're playing baseball for a minute. It's the pure joy of just seeing somebody actually hit a baseball. Um, somebody actually cleared the fence yesterday, which apparently doesn't happen very often Wow! with, with the swing. And it was 
unbelievable. The whole place erupted. I mean, this kid was just bouncing around the bases, super excited. This and, is where uh, this is where you lie though, Gary, and you say you coached him up. No. You, got, you coached him up and you got you got that long ball swing in there. No, absolutely didn't coach anybody up. Um <laughs> it's not even about learning how to play baseball as much as just getting out on the field and experiencing a little bit of the fun. Um man, it was a good time. I just I highly recommend it. Um if you go to MLSWPA.org. Um, you can register to volunteer. Um, they have all kinds to fit your needs. If you just want to work a snack bar, you can work a snack bar. I mean, do you want to be a buddy and hands-on? You can do it. There's so many ways to volunteer. And it's super easy. Check it out. Uh, highly recommend it. And no, we are not paid to say this. I just felt like I needed to get it out of the way. Real quick, was there any reason like that... that- that got you into it or drew you to it? Or was it just random happenstance? I mean, I obviously knew about it because it's a big pirates charities thing. This one that I was at yesterday is actually one that's run by Sean Casey. And my boss at my real life job is friends with, with all those people and uh, got us involved in it. So we did a big group effort to go out there and it was really cool. I played against Sean Casey in high school. Um, he hit the furthest home run I've ever seen hit in high school. Uh, and he did that down on Aliquippa. And uh, I don't know that that ball has landed yet. So, um, yeah, yeah. Sean Casey, Upper St. Clair, Red, Pirate. But, yeah, he's a good dude. He is a super good dude, the mayor, man. And a lot of people from Pittsburgh never forget where they where they come from, no matter where they end up. So, um, but it, it's a class a facility man like it super clean yeah when i've seen it on tv or just clips it looks amazing yeah it's it's really cool well done um so we're gonna talk some bucks tonight we got two poll questions jim put one up and i put one up jim got a lot more traffic than me because he's a lot more popular than i am (laughs) (laughs) yeah i'm sure that's it well that's what we're gonna go with So Jim's poll question, we're going to get to these in segment two and three here. Jim's poll was, who do you think will be a key regular for the Pirates over the next five seasons? And then he told you all the obligatory vote and comment stuff. His choices were Jack Sawinski, Rodolfo Castro, both or neither. The results are pretty cool. We'll get into that. And really where our heads are. I think it's kind of cool because Jim, I don't want to speak for you, but I haven't quite decided on it yet. Man, that, Gary, I didn't mean to make the question so hard, but I, I didn't, I couldn't even answer it. So, you know, let's just see what comes out of our mouths tonight. We got to talk through it. I think that's the best way to handle it. And so the other poll question we put up was after the pirates extended Reynolds, how confident are you the GM and owner are serious about winning. I gave you seriously, not at all better, but show me all in the team is to, or won't decide this season. Those results were kind of not surprising to me, it, except I kind of thought they would be very two sided. I thought it would be people that were like completely like on the fence versus people who completely thought the team still wasn't going to spend anything. And it really wasn't that way. The second option was all spread out. So we'll talk a lot about that. I think that's an interesting one, too. Um, Jim, 
besides that, here we are. We're setting the stage for this weekend series with, with Seattle, right? I mean, yeah. what do you think of this? We got Kirby tonight. That's going to be an interesting matchup. Some good pitching matchups come in this series. Um, you know, it's. I think tonight is the key, though, right? You got Keller on the mound. Um, yep. I just saw where it was five straight starts. He now has eight Ks or more, and that is the longest streak for a Pirates starter since Oliver Perez. Wow. Back in like 04, ESPN uh, stats put that out. So tonight, man, tonight, it, we, we need him to shove. We need to get off uh, on a good foot tonight. That's pretty crazy. I mean, there's they've slipped now one and a half games behind the Brewers. Eh, you know, we're one game over 500. We're getting to the point where like this slide is no longer cute. <laughs> <laughs> no. No, we're past. I mean, Q, we're past. Like, it, like ET is is cute, right? Well, right, he right, was right, also right, right. he was also ugly as hell. So, he absolutely was. He was terrifying. Yeah. So let's. Uh, cute is in the eye of the beholder too. Oh, I mean, I profess to this day, ET looked like an animated turd, and I don't just mean that because I played that awful Nintendo game. Because I did. I played that awful Nintendo game. <laughs> Yeah, there was, was that a t- Nintendo or Atari? Oh wait, no, it was Atari. You're it, right, what, but it, like it was like the worst video game. Ever. Oh my, it was yeah. so bad, so yeah. bad, absolutely terrible. <laughs> but what's not absolutely terrible is our next break. We're gonna play you a quick ad, and we'll be right back. DK Pittsburgh Sports, we take pride in coverage that connects our city's fans to their favorite teams. Now, that connection's stronger than ever. Introducing our all-new state-of-the-art app. Find expert inside reporting and original podcasts. Check live box scores. Track the latest stats. Chat it up with our community of thousands of fans, all in one place. The new app from DK Pittsburgh Sports. Coverage that connects. Mr. Stam, I think we're going to start yeah. with my poll because I, I actually think this one's more cut and dried. Pretty much, I think we'll come to a conclusion on this one for sure. The other yeah. one, we might not. So we, we asked the question basically, like, do you trust them? Do you not? The, the results were pretty stark. Better, but show me was 67%. That's kind of what I would expect for this fan base. I think that's where mostly everybody is. I thought most of everything else would be like, seriously, not at all. That's where I thought the biggest bucket was going to be. I came in 16%, but I, not nearly as much as I thought it would be. Um, all in, I'm kind of surprised there was 8% that thought that and then won't decide this season. That's probably me if I'm really honest. I probably won't decide this season whether I think they're all in because I don't really see an all-in scenario this year. I don't think the team is good enough to really – push in any kind of chips this year but show me would be more like i'd like to see another extension get done i really think like keller or you know somebody of that ilk Cruz even would be a guy that would make me feel 
a little more secure. They're at least as serious as they were last time when they locked up Marte, McCutcheon, Polanco, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I, look. Um, yeah, I thought seriously not at all might get, get a little bit more get a little bit more play just simply because of, you know, I mean, clearly they've yeah. earned, earned a lot of, um, you know, people aren't, aren't going to believe it. Um, Apparently tweet commenters are not tweet voters. Yeah, <laughs> evidently not. Um, 8% surprised me that said, Oh yeah, they're totally all in. I mean, I don't see that. God bless you. If you, if that's your outlook, yeah. um, I I really look at it and I, I went with uh, I I can't decide this season this this was a buy this was a buy time year that's what that's what they were buying this year with some of those signings right so and and hopefully a little something extra could come out of that so far I guess you could still say something extra came out of it but next year's when it starts to get really pivotal i think like because you know where the holes are now gary we do we we know where the holes on this roster are we know organizationally where the holes are at and there's no quick answers coming i mean we, we can talk about first base right off the bat um so there's just like next year is whenever i can start really making that decision i i think there are that's coming, but I don't know if there's enough to fill all the holes. Um, first base, like we, we talk about first base. Doesn't it kind of feel like somebody's just going to move over there? Well, they would have to at this well, point. Well, what I mean is, doesn't it feel like that's the trajectory we're on? Like, it's pretty much like, hey, Nunez either figures it out or we're going to just have to move somebody over there in the short term. Maybe there's something long term that'll work out, but. Is, I mean, isn't that how it feels to you? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, next year is right around the corner. And what would you, what would you suggest, you know? Um, I mean, Mason Martin's hitting in double A right now. So that's got some people excited. Aaron Shackelford is hitting in triple A. He's 26. He should be hitting in triple A. Um, I think that's Bly Madras. Um, syndrome, I would say. Probably. Most likely. That doesn't mean he shouldn't get a shot. Like, you know, if he's a guy that you want to take a shot on, like if Santana gets hurt or whatever, I, fine. You know, I get that. But I I doubt that there's they're looking at him with much hope that he's like a fixture here at 26 years old. You're talking about a guy that wouldn't even be out of arbitration before he was like 32. Yeah, yeah, he he starts to become one of those expendable guys that you don't really have a place for pretty soon. Um, He's never really hit like this. And again, I, I hesitate still because, Jim, I hope by like 2030, we can stop talking about the COVID year. But he's another guy that had a year stolen from him at a very inopportune time. And it's not like I, th- I think everybody who gets a little long in the tooth doesn't deserve a shot, but the pirates aren't in the same spot that they were anymore. This isn't like in tryout territory anymore, or boy, if we get anything great 
now it's more like yeah. I want to see some of these other guys. That, like, well, you got you you can't you can't still be figuring it out at like some really key positions, and they're almost to that point where um, you've just got to have an answer. And you know, great Santana has been very very solid, but. That that's not going to be something you can look at much longer. I mean, how much longer can you uh, even play? No, and and you got even like starting pitching. You look at, you know, Hill's not going to come back, and I highly doubt Velasquez comes back. Um, you know, and that's even if they don't get traded in the first place. But okay, I mean, are we comfortable with Keller, Contreras, Oviedo, Ortiz, and what Priester? I guess is the next step after that. I mean, you're, then you're you're yeah. backed by like what next year, Kyle Nicholas and a couple other guys. The the real pitching's in Greensboro right now, and a little bit in in Double A. So I mean, yeah. it, I think you're going to have to go out and get starters for sure next year. I think at least one, maybe two again. So I mean, like the holes almost didn't change. That's the thing. We're saying this in May. So like hopefully like by the time we get to like August, we're not feeling the same way about these holes. Yeah, and the whole the holes haven't changed. It just becomes more pressing when you start having other things start to progress and there's not anything right there to line up with it. That becomes yeah. the concern. Um, they're running out of time on some of that. You have to imagine they are. Like um it's not their fault right now that Travis Swaggerty isn't even a thought. I mean, cause he hasn't played right. So, I mean, he's been out with this illness that I, I still don't know about. Maybe I missed it, but I still don't know what the, what the heck that's about. I, I heard, I saw viral something viral, which, um, yeah, that's all I saw. Yeah. I just, I saw what Tom, Tom, Zire, Tom, Zach put out, you know, said like, you know, uh, when he was going to return to action or something. But I mean, I haven't heard anything about actually what was wrong. So no. I don't know if he comes back strong from that or if there's like a ramp up period or, or whatever. But you have to figure like all the momentum that he kind of built up this spring. Man, it's evaporated, right? I mean, like, it's a shame because I felt like of, he had some traction. Yeah. And you kind of have to, you're not starting over, but um he just hasn't been playing. So, I mean, like it kind of does, it kind of does start over for him a little bit. Right. And, you know, and Dave brings up a good point here. Maybe they'll trade a prospect for a decent first baseman. They may have to do that. I mean, I would, I would hope that I would hope that they can develop something that moves over there. You know, first base to me is not necessarily a position unless it's the the last hole I want to fill and I want to fill it with an established superstar like Atlanta just did moving on from Freddie Freeman or something. And that was their last hole. They're not going to go in, you know, with their pants down at first base. Right. So, that, so they made a move to make sure that they dealt with it. That's different than I think if you're trying to build a team largely through your farm system, you would just move somebody over there. I would think would be the most prudent thing to do if you theoretically have enough bats coming to fill the roster. Yeah. I think the Nunez thing has been kind of the biggest disappointment 
for that position. I, 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 I was hopeful you'd see him make a jump this year uh, and, and look like a guy that maybe they could slot in there down the road. But that's kind of hit a speed bump too. He, so, he's been a lot better the last two weeks. He really has. Yeah, he's. But, I mean, it's looked better for sure. And he's played a good first base. So I mean, he's at least handling a position well. I mean, I, I think there's still some hope for him. I'm not. I'm not flushing him. I also don't think he was the focal point of that trade. I think a lot of us thought he was, but I think Oviedo was. Yeah. So that's why we ended up with him, I believe. But. I don't know. Ben Charrington doesn't really seem to like to trade young talent, but we don't know that. We don't know how he'll react here in this market. You know, and when he was with the Red Sox, he was really loath to do it. And it ended up costing him a lot in free agency. Instead, I don't know if he'll have that luxury in Pittsburgh. He may have to call on prospect, tra- you know, capital, if you will. It's not the best way to go, but yeah. Well, it's interesting too. Like you don't, you don't ever like things with like Henry Davis. You see him, he's either catching or he's in right field. Like they don't seem real interested in trying that at first base. I mean, maybe it's, and if you look around the, 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 the other thing is every year it seems like we talk about first base and maybe going out and getting someone. And then you look and see who's available it's just not that great. I don't think it's going to be good again this year. So I think it has to come internally. And I, I mean, here's like uh, Randy says, I like Carlos Santana. I like Carlos Santana too. If you joined us late, we're not bashing Carlos Santana. We're already talking about next year. <laughs> yeah. We're, talk- we're talking about the fact that Carlos Santana can't play forever. Right. And then uh, let's see my buddy JR here. Definitely. I don't like to trade young talent unless we get an ace. Well, he's been a uh, Pirates fan for a very long time. And he remembers the only time that we traded and it was good. And we got Doug Drabeck and then all those guys from the Cardinals for Tony Pena. But <laughs> you know, that's been a while. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I get it. I think it, it used to be preached almost like a sin here too. When Littlefield was here and, and Huntington was here as low as they were to trade prospects, they ultimately did. And they, and, and they did a horrible job at it and uh, cleaned out the whole top end of their system. <laughs> but it's, uh, you know, you can beg for, for them to do it, but you want them to do it well and not all of them do it well. And I don't know if I've necessarily seen Ben Charrington's track record there. So I'm not yeah. saying he'll fail, but I don't know that I've seen it. Right. And and that goes back to, I think, what we were talking about at the beginning, which is, you know, um, this was just this year was, at least for me, them buying more time to let some of this stuff sort itself out. Yeah. Um, they, they, they got off to a really good start. Everyone got excited. Um, but I don't know that was going to change the trajectory of what they were planning to do long-term. Yeah. The other thing that scares me a little, Jim, is just when I start looking at the roster, I feel like we're building a roster filled with guys that we think can play a lot of places, but really just aren't that good at a lot of places. And I I wonder how that's going to shake out. Because at some point, you kind of have to focus on shoring up some things, right? You know, um, 
And then conversely, they have guys who do play really, really well at places, but they can't hit or don't hit. <laughs> you know, it's yeah. it's just a real bad mix, I think, there as far as uh, the overall roster goes, the way it's shaping up right now. I think they've got about five or six candidates for second base looking at next year. Three of them aren't even controlled yet. Like three of them aren't even rostered yet and have to be like, I just don't like it. And you got Alvarez coming right up behind them, crawling up their backs. I wouldn't be surprised if we pushed them. So there's a, there's a lot of what the other thing is, I think what we, at least what, what I think we've seen so far is like how much, defense still needs to be a priority. Um, yeah. we can't, you can't get too far away from playing some decent defense because your margin for error for the pirates is already slimmer than most. Like you can't, you don't want to be beating yourself and we've seen some real cracks there this year. Um, up the middle has been, up the middle's been uh, yeah, tough. yeah. Uh, it's been rough and there's a there's there's some reason for that but hey let's be honest i mean cruz would be making errors i mean we we, we do know that he'd be making so, errors but i think he'd be making less uh less what seemed to be just uh physical errors i would say his are more just like I, I kind of just wasn't paying much as much attention as I should. And I got a gun this one and then it, it goes over the, the first baseman's head. Yeah. That sort of thing. Or it, it took me so many moving parts to get down low enough to get that ground ball that now I've got to spring up and fire this ball across the out. The, well, the, the difference is, is like Castro or I'm sorry, geez, Cruz has every, bit of ability to play the position if you can just cut out some of the the uh carelessness of it we're we're asking guys to play positions where they probably don't have the full ability to play it and then you get yourself in real trouble and that's whether it's castro it's short hey even maybe jack in center field who i think he's done pretty well but you know they're guys that are just playing a little bit out of position and it 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 can sneak up on you and bite you at times. And then first base too. I've, I've really appreciated watching Carlos Santana play. I think he's been excellent at first base way better than I thought he was. In fact, I thought going into the season, G man Choi was the stronger first baseman. And, you know, I I was kind of expecting him to take the lion's share of those at bats and then just have Santana hit against left-handers and fill in a little bit against, you know, lefties. Thought it'd be more 50-50 by the time all was said and done. And it, right away before Choi was even hurt, that was not what they were going to do. It was going to be Carlos Santana, period. Which was we, which was right. I mean, sure. But we've seen him slow down here a little bit. And I think it's, you know, he's 37 years old. I think he's getting worn down a little bit, right? Gary, I'm tired. We're 25 minutes into a podcast. I've worn down, so I can't imagine what he what he's doing out there all I, the time. I, I mean, I told you I was prepared. I got the coffee. <laughs> but the, uh, I mean, the thing that makes it makes you wonder is like if if we don't feel they really have a plan at first base, is Carlos Santana the type of guy that you think would want to come back at 38 if he doesn't retire and maybe you know plan to kind of ride the pine a lot? Be a great Maybe. guy off the bench, a good switch hitter off the bench, or he still wants to play. Uh, you know, um, 
then we have to see, you know, hopefully the bottom doesn't fall out for him just because he is playing so much. But yeah, I mean, if he still wants to play, what what I have really appreciated is because is, God knows as Pirate fans, first base is the endless black hole. But you are seeing where first base does matter. Defense matters there. Um, he has bailed them out of a lot of situations over there. And he plays a really, really good defensive. He has good range. Um, he makes good decisions. He has soft hands. Like, man, do I miss seeing that. I just, uh, it, it's more important than people realize, I think. It's one of the best I've ever seen at feeding the pitcher after he gets the ball too. Yeah. Right? You see that play go awry so often, but he, he's really, really smooth with it. Yeah. I've been really impressed. And, and I'm, I think Jim, honestly, it's been like since Kevin young, I've really seen a good first baseman. So it, it's probably has been Kevin young. Yeah. I mean, Morneau didn't even play it for us. <laughs> so, I mean, and like, then, and then you're back to Sid Bream before that. I mean, think yeah. about how far back you have to go. Yeah, so it's been a long time, and like I, I guess like you know, it's not that I don't watch other baseball, but just it's different when you're watching your team. You you realize the importance of it, and you just realize like how many things he's stopping. Yep. Like this shift thing, this shift ban could have gone a lot worse if Carlos Santana wasn't cutting off as many balls as he has been. Oh, sure, but it's been it's been pretty crazy, but I don't know. I think all in all. We know there's holes. I think we'll find there's more. I don't know that we're going to get the opportunity really to figure out if they're all in this year. No. I just don't think there's a – I don't think there's really going to be an indicator. I don't. And even if this division is within reach, I don't know how much you'd put into this team. Like, would you go get another starter? you know the division's not good, so you you could do it. You could do something like that, but I just don't see that. I mean, we've already seen how they stack up against some really good teams. It it, it hasn't exactly gone super awesome. So how much would you want to? I know I know people want to win. I want to win too, but I don't want to do it this year at the cost of having better years down the road. And I know people are going to say that that's also the big carrot, you know, at the end of the stick with this organization, but that doesn't mean it doesn't apply right now either. Uh, I mean, it applies, but I think there's a balance there. Probably what I, what I'd hate to see is for them to go out and get some rental pitcher, drop somebody that we feel matters for said rental pitcher. They do have a lot of borderline though. They've got a lot of borderline, a lot of untested borderline. Like you've got guys like Cal Mitchell. He's got a few major league at bats. He's done some things in AAA that make it look like there's something there. If somebody's not really paid attention to him, his defensive metrics look just fine. <laughs> you know what I mean? If yeah, but they won't get my first baseman's glove, Gary. So, no, but you if know. you see, maybe they've tried though, and he stinks at it, Jim. I mean, if you've <laughs> yeah, never taken maybe. fielder, you know, ground balls, you you maybe aren't ever going to be good at taking ground balls. You know? Yeah. 
So um, I'm not saying it's like hockey where if you didn't pick up a stick by the time you're five, forget it. But, you know, it's there, there sure. are outfielders and infielders, I think, for, for, some, for some people. Um, but you got guys like that. You got even guys like we thought Tuka Peter Marcano was one. Maybe he is. You know, you got G1 Bay. I don't know if we know what he is yet. Maybe somebody thinks they can turn his speed into something. You know, there, there's a lot of guys like that that I think we can probably see bouncing back and forth between the minors and, and the majors here for a couple of years. Some of them will get their footing. Some of them won't. But you could also move one of those guys. You don't have to move one of your top 10 prospects or something. No, I think I do think that like if the more you sit on, like you said, how many guys they've got sitting at second base that are are maybe in the mix, you might have to make a decision there. I don't know that you can keep just keep hanging on to everybody. Yeah, I agree. And it's I think the 40 man crunch that we're going to talk about this offseason makes that makes that really hard. Yeah, it's going to get real tough real quick. So you're talking like name recognition of people that are getting getting cut at that point because we've been paying attention for a while definitely yeah it'll be like uh when jose ozuna was like uh (laughs) people will lose their minds acting like we we just lost uh babe ruth we never gave him a chance but 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 the names will be a little more hurtful this time i think you know like as far as maybe some 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 real ability no offense to Osuna, but um, let me just ask you this real quick before we move on. Um, we, we're, we're talking. We, you mentioned the pitching staff. Where are you with Rowanzi? I'm a little concerned about Rowanzi, but I understand what they're doing. I think trying to get him to to last a little longer in the games and having him ramp back on his fastball so he can control where it goes a little better. Um, did the same thing with Ortiz. Yeah. And you saw the results the other night when he pitched so late into that game. And then when did the wheels fall off, Jim? When he started ramping it back up. Yeah. So he was trying to be Verlander and throw 98, 99, 100 in the eighth inning and couldn't hit side of a barn. Yeah. That's, I, that's the problem. I think Contreras is the same way. And, Contreras is all about having a pitch. The thing that makes him successful is he's smart and he knows how to work around not having some of his pitches. Yeah, that's- He's a rare bird where he came up a pitcher and now he kind of needs to learn how to, you know, maximize his skill set. I'm hopeful that it's just a little bit of like, I don't want to call it a sophomore slump, but um, he came. He came out a little more polished than I expected him to be. This year, he's he's not been as effective. His velocity's down just a, just a touch. So just those little things. I'm like, I'm hoping that he bounces back. But I, but I have been more concerned about him lately um, than I had been in the past. I I was not concerned about him. So just I just yeah. You know, he's a he's a, he's a big piece, Gary. He's somebody that has to be in that conversation. Yeah, I mean, like if you're you, you talk about this year, man. Like we'll, we'll do the poll question when we come back. 
and I want to get to this after it. I, this year to me is all about firmly answering questions. I don't want to come into spring wondering why I have six guys trying out for second base. I don't want, I don't want to see that. Right. And, and I don't want to just throw my hands up in the air and go, well, Cruz is a shortstop. All you other guys that we never bothered to move off of shortstop tough. I mean, like Lever Peguero is starting to hit now. What do you do with him? <laughs> yeah. That, yeah. He's actually on the 40 man, Jim. <laughs> let's take a quick break we'll sit here looking goofy when we come back you read your poll alright back to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Jim and Gary with you and it's Jim's Pulse turn tonight. Mm-hmm. This is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. This one yeah. I think confused both of us pretty badly. So go ahead. Yeah, like um, okay, so just to recap it again, it was who do you think will be a key regular for the Pirates over the next five seasons? And so the 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 options were Jack Sawinski, Rodolfo Castro, both or neither. I do want to point out that I put regular in there because I wanted to make it to where do you see either one of them more as a fixture? Not a platoon guy. I think we can already envision that with some of them or both of them. Yeah. It, if worse, worse comes to worse. I'm talking pretty much everyday starter. So Gary, first of all, the, okay, let me, let me just say this. The poll, uh, man, it was pretty split. 33% said Jack Swinski. Uh, 34% said neither. 19% said both. 14% said Castro. Anything that stood out to you there? Good, bad? No, I, I think it just shows how difficult of a subject it is, Jim. Um, I I want to believe in Jack Swinski. I like a lot of the underlying numbers. I've liked a lot of Brian Hayes' underlying numbers for a long time. I like Jack's approach against lefties this year. I think he's really, really tried. We already talked about him being a studier. You know, he does study and he does really try to improve on some of this stuff. He certainly made an effort to be better at seeing pitches this year. And he is better at seeing pitches this year. But if he's not a middle of the order hitter, I'm not sure what he is. And I think he's a good enough defender to play every day. He's my best bet, I would say. I'm very clouded right now by the way the Pirates are treating Rodolfo Castro. Um, and I don't mean like they're treating him poorly, like they're, you know, um, hurting his career or anything. I'm confused by it. Like if they have him in the lab, okay, that's cool. But it's interesting that you you have both of these players mentioned because I think they're related in a way. Jack Sawinski struggles mightily against left-handers, and even while we're complimenting him, it's still not comfortable 
for him, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can tell it's still uh, it's still cheerworthy if he gets a base hit off one. Yeah, you know, we're still kind of like almost ready to go get a pretzel and a beer if he comes up with nobody on, you know, facing the lefty. We're like, all right, see ya. Um, but he gets the opportunity. They let him do it. Castro, we're avoiding it at all costs. We can't even put him up there like that. They've already said they're not talking about taking the switch hitting away. Not right now. Not midseason. So that means he's still going to hit left-handed. I'm not sure what how you think he's going to get better not playing. I know that p- pitching machines have advanced and... They've gotten good with the virtual stuff to the point where you can say, I want to face Clayton Kershaw and things like that. But is that going to really replace like in game situations? I, I just wonder why there's a double standard there, or is it because they've already gotten more of a look at at Rodolfo? They've both played about the same amount of time. Yeah, man. It's so tough with, with, with both of them. I, I look at like, okay, so what has more long-term viability? And I'm thinking, well, what benefits Jack is the fact that, okay, he can hit lefties. Well, or, okay, he's, he's struggling against lefties. Well, at least you're facing a ton of right-handed pitching still. Like just by default, you might have a better chance at, at, at sticking. But then I look at it like you mentioned with Swinsky. Well, if he's not a middle of the lineup guy, you know, what what would he be if he's like this? And then I think, well, Cash, maybe that's Castro then because, okay, you know, maybe he's not as effective from the left side of the plate, but he plays a position where you could probably put up with a little bit more imperfection at the plate if he's still supplying some power and playing second base, right? So, like, yep. uh, you it's know, a tough call, man. it is because, like, because they play two very different positions and, and things are expected out of one and the other one is kind of seen like a bonus almost. Well, that changes things too. Um, yeah, you know, I'll, pr- I, and Jack, Jack is extremely streaky, extremely streaky. I mean, he's in, he's in another, yeah. he's in another bad funk right now. And I so, mean, the thing is, is he, oh, is both, he streaky? Like he's Eugenio Suarez and he's going to hit 51 year and have a 191 batting average. Or is he streaky? Like he's going to hit 250 and, figure a way to be semi-effective against lefties well he seems to be pretty damn streaky like whether we're talking home away lefty righty two weeks of not touching a pitch i mean he seems to go when he when he goes into a streak it's a he 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 really goes into a streak it's bad whatever he goes to the extremes with it so it's just such a pivotal year for both of them. And I agree with you that I just wish I understood the Castro thing more because they aren't approaching it that way with Jack. So I, 
like what is the difference there i i don't know it's it's funny because i posed the question on twitter the other day and then i don't know if this ever happens to you jim but i posed the question out there i'm like hey jack sawinski struggles against left-handers blah blah i said the whole thing Mm-hmm. basically why why is rodolfo treated differently and john parado one of the beat reporters if you don't know him, he goes good question every time that happens to me i'm like well then ask it like <laughs> i want to hear the answer to it yeah well i mean i would love to get yeah just i mean what we can't we can't ask why or maybe I mean, that me- maybe that means they're not asking you know or or uh answering you know, maybe that's basically what he's saying is like, they're not answering. And, uh, you know, Mark, Mark Lancaster, he, he says, uh, it seems like it's personal with Castro. You know, I can't even sit here and tell you that I, I disagree. I mean, I know Shelton has a very warm relationship with him and I know he's very popular in the clubhouse. Uh, if he's in the doghouse, all of his interviews seem to kind of say he's not, he, he's just waiting for an opportunity seems like they really want to give G1 Bay a run right now and see what he can do if they just plant him at second base, which, you know, Jim, to be fair, we said we wanted him planted somewhere. And yeah, while he hasn't been great, I just put up on Twitter since May, he's raised his batting average and his um, OPS, you know, 60 points each. I'm not saying that's a lot. It's not a meteoric turnaround, but it's, steady progress which i think you want from kids so it's not like he's necessarily done anything wrong there problem is he's running himself off the base yeah well that's just it you know that that is what you just referenced which was some some marginal improvement at the plate well when you're on the base pads and the one thing that you are dependent on doing you know they talk about speed can't go into slumps right and hustle can't well, yeah, it can. You're you you've seen him press and do some dumb things yeah. out there. So, um it's an old cliche that kind of has gotten blown up a little bit. Yeah. I'm going to pull up Randy because he he's been all over Juan Bay this whole chat. Juan Bay has energy. We need energy. I get it. I get it. I hear all these things. He's really fast. I think he's an exciting player too. If you've listened to this show for any length of time, you know, Jim and I were really excited to see what he could do too. It's not like I'm washing my hands of him. It's an honest critique of a player. <laughs> All right. But, what, but, but Randy, what he can't do is you have to have some, some basic baseball sense. You can't be trying to take third down four or five runs in the seventh inning of a ball game on a yeah. single to right field. Like you just can't, if you do that stuff, you're not going to play much and you, and you need to, you need to be energetic, but not spastic. You have to have some kind of a plan out there. The old fine line between aggressive and stupid. Yeah. Like here's the thing with, with uh, stealing bases. He's fast as lightning. He really is. But look at his leads. Like really look at his leads. He's not getting enough room. He's not getting as big a lead as even guys like Carlos Santana. <laughs> Carlos Santana has five stolen bases this year. He picks his spots, but he knows how to work a pitcher and knows what he's looking at. Juwan Bay doesn't trust himself. We saw that in spring. He didn't know when to take that jump. He didn't know when to go. And when they put on those hit and runs and everything, it really confuses him. 
there's a wow. like there's a ton of instinct that makes baseball players really good on the base pads. Yeah. Like you don't necessarily have to be all that fast to be a really effective base runner. Um, you know, it's just good. Like you just have a feel for the game. You know how to, yeah, you know how to stretch your lead out a yep. little bit extra. You, you know, you can watch pitchers tells you all that little stuff. Like that just doesn't, a, a lot of guys just don't really ever learn that or they're, they're incapable of picking it up. The best way I can say it is if you lined up G1 Bay and Cabrian Hayes at home plate and had them race the first. G1 Bay would beat him 10 times out of 10. But if you wanted a stolen base in the bottom of the ninth, I'd pray to God Brian Hayes was the guy on first base. Yeah. Because he knows how to steal a base. That's something that can be taught. (laughs) And you would hope that's taught in the minor leagues. But the problem with a guy like Bay is it's really hard to instruct a guy that's not failed. And I'm not saying he never got caught, but the catchers don't have arms like the catchers up here do. And the pitchers don't have the ability to control the running game like they do up here. Most of them. Believe it or not, some pitchers can control the running game. I know you guys watch the Pirates, so I figured I'd (laughs) throw that out there. But, I mean, like, you, you talk about things like that. I think there is something that has to be learned at this level. So it's not those four throwouts in a row. It's not like I'm like, oh, that... That's awful. You know, he stinks. Send him down. That's something that he has to clean up. Because if G1 Bay's base running isn't flawless, he's not as effective a player. That's just all there is to it. Right. And and it and it starts to he starts becoming a guy that you can't trust in cr- critical situations. You know, and he 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 had some he he had a an issue. He's not even like executing bunts real well right now either. So like those are all the things. Man, he has to be on point. He has to be on point on that stuff. Again, though, he wasn't sacrificing in the minors. He was bunting for singles. Yeah, that's a different skill set. Right. And let let me go back real quick to the caster thing because I was gonna say it and then I lost it. Um, but here's the other thing about that people might not be thinking about. Okay. So you want, if you want Castro to scrap being a lefty and we've all considered it, the part that sometimes people might not consider is the fact of you'd then be asking him to bat righty against right-handed pitching. And he hasn't been doing that either and probably hasn't for a very long time. I, I actually said that on Twitter, and then Graves corrected me that he had done it twice, once in 2020 and once in 2021. Regardless, it's not something that he does an awful lot. No, like that 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 would be very foreign to him too. So right. um, they're not going to do that midseason. Yeah, that's not something you can just say. Hey, go out and face major league pitching. Um, as a righty, seeing a righty, and you've never done that really at all on any regularity at that level. I don't think you can do that to a guy. I don't think you should. Um, And it sounds like they're not planning to. I just wonder when you take the leash off. That's all. Again, this might be more about 
wanting to get G1 Bay a run at second base and Marcano a run at shortstop and let them plant their flag a little bit than it is Castro. And if that's the case, I would understand that. It's not the end of the world. It's just a little frustrating. That's all. <laughs> sure. Sure. So I so. guess back to back to the beginning, I will say I'm le- I lean Jack because the other point is what you look for when guys have to progress through the levels and then and, and then you look for guys that can make adjustments because adjustments mean that you are capable capable of learning and correcting things because you have to at some point every hitter has to if you are incapable of adjusting then you know there's a ceiling somewhere there's a ceiling somewhere and you're going to be limited right jack has shown some things that shows he's capable of making adjustments and getting some results out of them. Certainly not a finished product. Certainly is still struggling in certain areas. But there have been signs that he can adjust. Right. And that gives you hope for the future. Whereas other guys who just like, man, this is just the whole, these are the holes. This is what you're going to have to deal with. That worries you. I, I lean Jack because of that and what I've seen from him in growing in certain areas. I probably lean Jack too. Um, I think for one thing, he's impressed me in center field. I didn't necessarily think that he was going to be um, good. I think he still struggles on his reads a little bit. I think they're still kind of trying to figure out where to leave him. Um, you know how Kutch used to like to play shallow? And I think Jack is a guy that probably needs to play deep and come in. Um, so we'll see. We'll see which what is he the does, safe, Which is the safer play, too, by the way. It's safer, but it also gives up more singles. Of course. And, you know. uh, yeah, of course. So there, there's a back and forth there. Um, but I think they're still trying to find out what his range really is. Um, I like it. I, I worry a little bit about having a true lefty out there um, as far as throwing balls into third base. It's an awkward throw. You know, um, so it's something that I think it, I'm, not, I'm not sold on yet, but we'll see. I hope I get there. I think he's acquitted himself very well, considering that's not some, a position that I think that I had envisioned him playing in every day. Yeah. Hey, so, Michael Michael was just on last week, but he's he's got some comment here. Jack has been below average overall defensively in center field, been too meek with trying to make plays. I would agree with that. I think every outfielder they have is too meek with taking control. I I don't see them call off the infielders on pop-ups ever. I never see the center fielder take charge, especially when Brian Reynolds was the center fielder. Uh, I want somebody loud that, that commands that, that position out there. Maybe that'll be Jack over time. I mean, he is from Chicago. You know, my birthplace, you can be loud from there. And, it, we'll and it's a tough thing for a guy that doesn't have the um, experience to be that guy. And in center field, you'd love to have that that kind of take charge guy. Um, but that comes with confidence in playing the position, too. It really does. <laughs> we got a comment here from Thomas something. Finally, uh, all the arguments about who you move to make room for Andy and Davis 
but a 219 average, give me a break, Jack isn't safe. Okay. I'm not sure how those arguments are related, but. <laughs> well, what I, what I would say is, um, thank, look, it took me a long time to move away from batting average. Um, I still don't like to see 219. I still don't like to see 233 up there on the scoreboard, up on my TV. I don't like to see it. But the game is being measured in different ways now. Um, and production is being measured in different ways. And so I've had to force myself to get away from that. Um, I don't want to entirely dismiss it because I like the fact that uh, guys can still hit 280 and 290 and on occasion 300 in a, in a rare blue moon. But I'm telling you, they don't care about it as much. And I guarantee you, Jack's not waking up thinking about I'm hitting 219. It's just they're not going to – it's not a point of emphasis like it used to be. Gary, what do you think? I'm positive you're right, uh, clearly, since most of the league is well below 300. Um, it's just it's just the way of the world. I thought batting averages were actually going to climb up a little bit with the shift thing. But I don't think it's been too much of a problem, really. I don't think it's actually changed the game as much as they thought it might. The pitch clocks probably had the most effect, I would say. Uh, I'm not seeing a whole lot more balls squeak through than did before, at least visibly. What do you think? I saw I saw something the other day that batting average, it, it, it's up a little. Um but I don't, and if anybody d- does know that, because I know we've got guys like Michael watching and Josh, and they're real good with the numbers. Um, but there, there has been an increase. Certainly, I'd like to see guys hit for better average. I just think it's not a point of emphasis anymore. If, if, if the Pirates aren't emphasizing it and teams don't emphasize it, do you really think the players care? They're going up there trying to do exactly what they're being told to do and instructed to do and it ain't batting average anymore yeah i i agree man it's mostly ops and i i think that's pretty much what you're even seeing the the broadcasts translate themselves to try to reinforce you're seeing it on the stadium scoreboards now i i think it's it's taken over to a degree um I think batting average will have its day though. There will be, there will come a time, I think, with, with a lot of the role changes where teams will start to value that stuff a little more. I think it was a lot to expect teams that were constructed to win a certain way were going to suddenly change the way that they try to win. You know, um, you know, what are the, the Yankees knew they had these shift restrictions before they re- retained Aaron Judge. It didn't yeah. change their mind, right? They, you still right. want to hit well, home runs. So. Well, and what you'll see is from this year, teams are going to learn from this, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. okay speed's more of a factor now, right? If yeah. we can get a guy that steals bases, okay, well, we can place more emphasis on that and look for guys that do that and bring them up through and turn those guys into – you know, um, productive major leaguers, but that's going to take some time too. Like you're saying is like that, that's, that's two, three, four, five, six, seven years down the road. When you start saying, seeing teams adjust to that and then say, okay, well we can, we can emphasize and target that a little bit more. Yeah. I think that's going to take some time. Um, all in all, though, man, I, where I come on, on the poll before we get out of here tonight, get ready to go and try to 
toothpick our eyes open and watch this game. Um, I probably lean Jack. I think Jack's the safer bet. Uh, if nothing else. And the funny thing is, Jim, I hate saying it because it's about power. And the sad thing is Castro's got almost just as much. I really should say both. I just don't like where Castro is positionally as much. I think he's going to get pushed out because of what's coming behind him. But yeah, it's the next month or two will really be interesting uh, for me with Castro just to see if like, there's any type of change in how they're going to use him. Cause then I'll start to say like, if nothing has changed in the next couple months, well, then I have to start asking myself, well, do they see him long-term in any type of scenario? Starting to feel, starting to feel like they don't, huh? Right. 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 But you know, maybe Bay, the Bay situation may work itself out. Marcano's getting his little shot here. Yep. Um, and then maybe you can go back and let him finish out the year and just say, come on, just, just go play, go play. Don't, we're going to let you do what you do. Go play, free your mind, clear your head and do that. And maybe they'll go back to that with him. And I think maybe you'll see a better result. That's the hope. Yeah, I think so, man. All in all, um, it's our first game with a big West coast trip here tonight. And, Sometimes the Pirates have kind of resurrected themselves on the West Coast. You know, they've, they've gone out there and done some damage. We've seen the Penguins do that on some Western Canadian trips a few times, too, right the ship out there. Yeah. That's what you hope for here out in out in Seattle. It's a really cool ballpark, man. I hope to make it out there sometime. we got a statue of Junior out front. I'd love to see that. I've never been there. I would love to get that on my list and, and, and check it off. And Seattle's built a lot like the Pirates, I think, this year. So you might see two very kind of similar teams. Um, it's a winnable series, but they've got to quit shooting themselves in the foot, too. Absolutely. And, you know, we keep saying it week after week. The team's got to do a little bit more of what they were doing, at least. <laughs> yeah, that's it's got to come, or none of this matters. And then we'll we will just be back to tryout time. So, game number fifty. Game number fifty starts tonight. So we'll see. Yep. So hey, thanks everybody. This was cool. I uh, appreciate you migrating over to a special night. Um, make sure you do follow us and subscribe. Watch all the shows on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. They're all good. The Ramon Foster Show, you probably don't need me to advertise, is awesome. Uh, podcast on Fifth is very good. Uh, Danny and uh, Danny bust down some some things that just. For, I, I I never ever am ceased to be amazed by how much Taylor and Danny pay attention to hockey. And I think I pay attention to hockey. (laughs) Yeah, they're good. They really, when I really listen to them, like the things they break down are pretty interesting to me. So like, just give, give all the shows a shot. I think you'll, you'll be interested even if they're not your favorite sports team, but, uh, Hey, without further ado, Ben, take it away. Everybody else later. Let's go bucks. Let's go bucks.
You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.